Welcome to Rooted. This term, we're going to use the Rooted podcast to follow along with the daily Rooted emails you receive in your email inbox. We will look at one passage together each week and think a bit more deeply about the ways that God might be speaking to us in this season. So we just encourage you to join in with us through that and to take this time to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you. My name is Lindsay and I'm part of the Central family. I help lead the worship team with my husband Zach and you'll often find me on a Sunday either playing keys or coiling cables or doing something around the stage. This week we're continuing through our Rooted series in Luke. One particular passage that I've been reflecting on over the last few days shares the story of a woman bringing an alabaster jar of fragrant oil to Jesus. So let's take a look at this scripture together. We find it in Luke 7, verses 36 to 50, and a reading from the New Living Translation. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, cancelling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he cancelled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and their many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me such love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. So in this passage, Jesus is invited to dine at the house of a Pharisee. As Jesus entered the house, he was not provided with a basin to wash his dusty feet, nor was he greeted with a kiss or with the anointing of oil. These are all things which would normally be carried out to ensure a guest received a warm welcome. Anyone could attend these meetings at someone's house, as was custom at that time, to learn from a rabbi. In this story, 
one of the attendees was a sinful woman. We don't know her name and we don't know exactly how she has sinned, but we can tell from the passage that she is shunned and she is an outcast in society. The woman saw that they had not properly greeted Jesus. She fell to her knees and began to weep. At first, tears would have dripped onto Jesus' feet. Then as the tears began to flow more, his feet became wet. She did not have a towel with her, so instead she lowered her hair, something which at that time would be considered shameful. Then she proceeded to wipe his feet dry, kissing them as an act of deep humility and reverence. Finally, she opens the alabaster jar of oil that she had come prepared with and begins to pour this over Jesus' feet. I can almost imagine such a fragrant smell filling the room. What a beautiful act of worship. Jesus uses this story to display his love and forgiveness. Even the most sinful person could experience true freedom through the love and forgiveness of the Father. Something that struck me as I reflected on this passage is that the woman did not say anything. Her worship was wordless, but it was so evident by the way she positioned herself at the feet of Jesus. Being involved in worship ministry, sung corporate worship is a huge passion of mine. And I'm sure a lot of us think of music when we think of worship. There is such a power in our worship when we join together as one body and one voice to lift up our praise to the King. But it can be so easy to fill our worship with our own words and not give God the space to respond. Could it be that God wants to use this time and space that we have to encounter us in our waiting? to bring us to a place where we feel comfortable worshipping God without words. So what does it mean for us to worship when we physically can't all gather in one room together? Personally, I feel that this is a season where we can relearn what it means to worship our God with our whole lives. For some people, you may appreciate the opportunity to to join in singing in our online church gatherings. Maybe you don't feel as comfortable singing when you're actually around people because you're unsure of your voice. Maybe God wants to use this time to help you find your voice in worship. For some people, worship may take more of the shape of prayer, lifting up prayers of praise, thanking God for who he is, and prayers of thanksgiving thanking God for what he has done and what he has yet to do. We can also worship God through giving and serving, being generous and open-handed with what we have and looking for ways to bless our neighbours or those we work alongside, showing God's love and kindness. Maybe for you, worship looks like getting out in creation, marvelling in awe and wonder at the beauty of everything God has made things that we may have overlooked in the past. Or worship could simply be positioning yourself in a quiet space, spending time in God's presence and listening to what Holy Spirit wants to say to you, kneeling at the feet of Jesus like the woman did in this story. Thinking about all of these things, there are so many ways we can bring our wholehearted worship to God. 
I truly believe God wants to deepen our understanding of worship and wants to reveal more of his character and his nature to us as we posture our hearts and our lives towards him. So I just encourage you to take some time now to reflect on what worship means to you in this season. So if God has been highlighting things to you at this time, be sure to write those things down and to give them a go. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us unconditionally. Thank you that we do not need to be in a church building to meet with you. I pray that you would show us new ways to worship you and that through our worship, you would reveal more of your heart to us. We position ourselves before you and ask that you would have your way in every area of our lives. We choose to bring you our wholehearted worship. In Jesus' name, amen.